What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatudito Boxing Show on a late, late night uh, edition. And uh, hey, let's let's recap what we just saw from Australia. Uh, Devin Haney retaining his titles uh, remains the undisputed champion at 135 pounds. And uh, and the events that that took place out there and how the fight played out uh something that we we started hearing about and something that we were uh uh taking notice uh and I forgot to mention that on the uh, on the preview episode is how Devin Haney looked pretty severely weight drained uh and and it was very evident that how 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 badly he was affected by this weight cut on this go around you could it was very evident on his face and uh and and on his body how dry he looked how dehydrated he looked and uh and and so that makes you think how many more fights will he be able to take on uh at 135 how long will his reign last at 135 uh he says post fight he says that he's willing to take on all comers uh he's there and willing to uh to fight any and all of the best fighters at 135, which of course the ones that pop, uh, pop in mind that come to mind are going to be Lomachenko, uh, Gervonta Davis, uh, even the potential of Asia Core Stevenson, who recently was successful against, uh, Consensal and announced his, uh, his arrival to the 135 pound division. There's also Ryan Garcia there, uh, that, that's been campaigning at 140 now for the last, his last couple fights. Um, but willing to come down to 135 to fight Gervonta. That fight's supposed to be taking place uh, between Garcia and Gervonta. There are negotiations, and nothing has uh, has come out yet, but it looks like the negotiations are ongoing right now for Garcia and Tank. So Lomachenko would be the, the one where all the signs are pointing to, or maybe a Shakur Stevenson fight. That would definitely be intriguing. For me, I would rather see Shakur and Lomachenko. That would be more of an intriguing fight for me and have Devin take a little bit of a break and see how everything plays out, especially if Gervonta and Ryan Garcia uh, do uh, do end up finalizing and coming to an agreement for their fight. Then Devin should take a little break and uh, and just wait and watch and see how it all plays out, how the landscape starts playing out here in the, in the 135-pound division now that he has cemented himself as the one and true uh, dominant champion and the undisputed champ, the king of 135. The fight had signs and glimpses of potentially being different than the first time, uh, than the first go around. And that was where the curiosity uh, behind this fight, the anticipation uh, was building to see what Kembosos could offer uh, different and what he could do differently. And he tried. He tried, and to that you got to take your hat off to to Cambosos. He tried to come up with a different game plan, and uh, and but it, it just wasn't good enough. Uh, not to the discredit of Cambosos, it's just Devin was too quick, too sharp, and too good. He's too accurate, and he just has Cambosos' number. He knows Cambosos. He knows him very well, and he was on top of his game. Cambosos was not going to catch him off guard with anything, and with the exception of the first round. So I, I only gave the first round to George Cambosos, and from there, 
every single other round was for Devin Haney. Now, credit to Cambosos because when he came out, it lasted maybe towards the end of the second round. But when he came out, he came out early from the opening bell, switching sides, switching the stances, and going from orthodox to unorthodox, orthodox to southpaw. And, and he started doing that and taking the fight gaining ground on Devin Haney, pushing Devin Haney back, uh, getting him on his back foot. And and that was his plan. By round two, even then, Cambosos was very effective on that first round. And Devin Haney closed the round out uh, with some success. And uh, amidst uh, a couple clinches there, he managed to land a few punches on Cambosos. Nonetheless, I, I saw Cambosos as the aggressor. And I gave that round to George the opening round. The second round, Cambosos came out the same, and Devin Haney started reading it right off the bat, right around the um, after a minute had gone by in the in that second round. Devin Haney got his composure, uh, got his footing, and uh, and started dictating the pace from there on, and he never let up. He saw every time that Cambosos would switch stances, he was able to read it perfectly and throw a right hand right down the middle right down the center and catch Cambosos square in the face, square in the nose and started damaging Cambosos. By the end of the second and the third round, Cambosos was starting to get marked up. As the fight proceeded, right around the eighth round or so, seventh round, Cambosos was fairly marked up. In the eighth round, they had a head clash to where Cambosos ends up getting cut on the top right, right portion of his head, just above the ear. Uh, and and that portion of Cambosos's head hit Devin Haney's right uh, eyebrow, the outside edge of the eyebrow, and cut Devin Haney. So both fighters went back um, bleeding to their respective corners. And it seemed like Cambosos, once he saw blood, like he started resetting and he and he got his second wind. And that was to close out the eighth round. Again, it wasn't enough for, to, to give him the round. Definitely not on a headbutt. Uh, but it wasn't enough to give him the round, but he did surge towards the end of the eighth round. By the ninth round, he started finding some success. And and he started landing some big punches on Haney, especially one big punch that looked like it shook Devin Haney. And uh, and you saw Devin Haney lose his footing for, for a quick second there. And then quickly regained his composure, came back, and ended up landing a big punch himself on Cambosos and shook Cambosos. And from there, Devin Haney dictated the remainder of the ninth round and regained control. That round was possibly one of the more contested rounds that Cambosos had throughout the fight, aside from the opening round, but it wasn't enough to award him the round, in my opinion. Um, and, and then from there on, Devin Haney came out in the 10th round trying to knock him out. And he was emptying his tank for the first two minutes, trying to knock him out, and then he let off. I don't know why, but he let off. Maybe he noticed that he was starting to gas out a bit and didn't want to empty out his tank completely. But I feel that if he would have put a little more urgency, he could have actually dropped Cambosos and possibly uh, stopped him or have gotten that, that towel thrown in by Cambosos' corner and, uh, and just waved off the fight a little bit earlier, even... Even then, by the start of the 11th, if he would have stayed on top of him, he would have. But he led off to close out the 10th. And then by the 11th, 
he started a little bit slower. Cambosos tried to find uh, try to find some openings, landed a, a couple punches there, but there was a lot of clinching that took place in that round. And then in the 12th round, Devin just came out on the defensive. He knew that he was in full control this fight. Came out on the defensive, a couple clinches there, about two or three clinches that took place where it eliminated the chance for Cambosos to try to land anything of significance. And from there, the final bell rang and Devin Haney retained every single one of his championship titles and remains atop the throne of the 135-pound lightweight division. He is the eighth undisputed champion uh, in this four-belt era, and he remains the king of the lightweights. Very impressive to see Devin Haney at 23 years old performing in this fashion. And for Cambosos, no, no lack of credit there because you ran into a fighter that schooled you in the first fight and you made certain adjustments and really believed that these adjustments were going to have an effect uh, and, and put you in a position of advantage and it didn't pan out that way. So you made the adjustments. It showed that you were refocused and you were ready for this task and ready to get your titles back, but you were just bested by a better fighter in Devin Haney. So there, there should be no critique of George Cambosos that he didn't do this, he didn't do that. He just couldn't do it. Anything that he tried, Devin Haney was going to be a step ahead of him, if not two steps ahead of him. Devin Haney is, it's crazy to say that he's 23 years old and he's at his best moment because he hasn't really reached his prime yet. But he is fighting at a peak right now where it's going to be hard to beat Devin Haney. He keeps getting better and better. He is quick. He is sharp. He is accurate. He's effective. He's very calculated. And uh, and I would be very intrigued to see him and Shakur Stevenson uh, down the line because Shakur possesses those similar traits where he's very calculated, very efficient with his punching output, and very accurate whenever he throws. Plus, Shakur likes to take the fight to his opponents, and Devin would be on a constant back foot unless he's able to land something of significance. To which he would push Shakur back, and we haven't seen that yet from Shakur. So that would be very interesting. Now, I'll go back and reiterate my earlier point. I would like for Devin to potentially take the next few months off. Obviously, the rest of the year, we're not going to see Devin Haney, uh, but he, he should take the next few months off and see how these two fights play out. Um, and I say these two fights as if they were confirmed, but they're not. Hopefully, the Javante Davis tank, uh, the Tank Davis and uh, Ryan Garcia fight gets made. Uh, right now, the speculation is that it's possibly uh, being aimed for a January showdown between these two uh, fighters, and it looks like it would be at 135. From as far as I've I've uh, I've read and uh, and I've tried to stay up to date with it. That's the latest that I've been able to see is that it would be a 135 uh, fight or encounter, and 
Ryan Garcia would come down from his from his 140 uh, since he's been campaigning at a higher weight now, and Gervonta would obviously want him to come down to to a lower weight and potentially have that advantage, uh, getting Ryan Garcia a little bit more drained because Ryan Garcia was also struggling making 135. That's hence the move, right? And Gervonta himself has had uh, weight cut issues in the past, but it looks like he's gotten all that lined up and well, uh, well, well, well behind him. And he's been able to control that in his last few fights. And so he's been able to bounce perfectly from 130 to 140 and then fight at 135 uh, without any problem or any hesitation. He's been able to make weight fine. So that's an interesting one. The other one is Shakur Stevenson after Konsensao. He continues to call out Lomachenko. Uh, that's a fight that all three of these fighters, Devin, Loma, and Shakur, are all under Bob Arum's top rank uh, promotion, under that banner, under that flagship. So it should be fairly easy for any of these fights to take place. I would love to see Shakur Stevenson and Lomachenko. But all depends... It all depends, in my opinion, at how Lomachenko looks next Saturday. Next Saturday, he fights Jermaine Ortiz. Uh, that's the same kid that ended up uh, retiring uh, Jamel Herring. Uh, I don't know if Jamel Herring officially retired yet, but it looks like he that's that was the notion. And, uh, and now he's been sticking to commentary, although we haven't had an official announcement. And quick side note, I said this after that fight, after I reviewed that fight, and I said this in, in many other podcast uh, episodes, I would love to see Jamel Herring and uh, Miguel Burchelt as a crossroads type fight, since both of them are at that awkward spot in their careers where they were really good, they're former champions, and they're coming off losses, back-to-back losses, both of them. So I would love to see Jamel Herring and Burchell at 135. That would be a really, really good fight for me, or at least a, a fan favorite uh, fight to make. Uh, going back to the point, let's see how Lomachenko looks next week. And we'll go more in depth into that uh, as that fight gets closer. But let's see how Lomachenko looks. Because if we see an old faded version of Lomachenko and we start thinking that Lomachenko is going to be towards the back end of his career already, which it's hard to imagine that. But if he is and still manages to pull out a victory over a young uh, up-and-coming prospect... And, uh, and a fighter, a young, hungry fighter like Ortiz looking to make a name for himself at the expense of these uh, bigger uh, profile names that, that he's faced, especially after Jamel Herring. Now Lomachenko is a huge name for him and a huge opportunity uh, to add that name to his resume. If Lomachenko struggles but still comes out with the victory, then I think Bob Arum is going to start thinking of, hey, let's try to get him into a big fight before we completely lose him by putting him into a fight with a lesser known opposition. And then you would see the negotiations get real serious for either a Devin Haney or a Shakur Stevenson. If Lomachenko looks impressive like he did against Nakatani and just dismantles this young prospect and derails the plans for this young prospect in Ortiz, then Lomachenko, I see him more than likely uh, getting a shot at Shakur Stevenson. Uh, Bob Arum going for the Shakur Stevenson one. If he struggles or or we see a faded version of Lomachenko next week, I think Bob Arum would probably get him into negotiations with Devin Haney and give him one last shot at 
lightweight supremacy uh, before he decides to hang him up or before his career starts dwindling down. Uh, that's how I would see it play out because Shakur at that point would be too dangerous for Lomachenko and potentially uh, end that one big final payday that Bob Arum could collect. Uh, that's just talking uh, promotional from the promotional point of view. But let's see how Lomachenko looks next week. Devin Haney, congratulations. And the other thing that I was noticing was not, well, that I noticed was the records of the uh, two of the fighters that are on the undercard, the two brothers on the, um, on the undercard, which are the Maloney brothers. Uh, both of them uh, came away with wins today. Jason Maloney uh, ended up beating uh, Kaikana and then Andrew Maloney ended up beating Norberto Jimenez. Uh, both fighting uh at, in different divisions uh Jason Maloney is uh is fighting at the um damn I get these guys confused uh, Jason Maloney uh he fights at what did he fight at today oh let's see he fights at the bantamweight division so yeah so he fought Kaikana uh so he came away with the uni, un, uh, unanimous decision there what what was curious to me was their records. And of course, Jason Maloney has losses to two defeats. Uh, he has losses to Emmanuel Rodriguez. Uh, that was back in 2018. And then he lost to Naoya Inoue, where he got stopped in the seventh round. Uh, and that was uh, just about two years ago, October 31st of 2020, where he was stopped by, by Inoue. The, cur the curious thing that I found their stat is that he's 25 and two with this win today, improved to 25 and two and 19 knockouts in his favor. His brother shares an identical win loss record. Andrew Maloney, uh, fought today against Norberto Jimenez and they fought for the, uh, WBO International Superfly title, which was a vacant title, a smaller version title, um, because it's not the full WBO title, but it was the, uh, international version. So he's trying to climb up the ranks there. He fights as super flyweight and he also shares a win-loss record with his brother. He's 25 and 2 as well with 16 knockouts. His brother Jason has 19 knockouts to his credit. Andrew has 16 knockouts to his credit. His two defeats come at the hand of Joshua Franco. If you remember that trilogy between those two fighters, one of them was deemed a no contest, no decision, but the first one was a unanimous decision loss uh, to Joshua. And the third fight, of course, he also lost a unanimous decision to Joshua Franco. Franco, of course, brother of Bam Rodriguez. So very curious stat for me that they're both 25 and two or both improved to 25 and two with, uh, with each of their respective wins on the undercard of Haney Cambosos tonight. So congratulations to them. Congratulations on the big event and the crowd and the showing and the, uh, and, and the overall, um, efforts of the Australian Boxing Commission and the Australian Boxing fan base because it was pretty impressive to see a packed arena there and, uh, and how they came out and, uh, for for their fighter in George Cambosos and uh, in the main event and how respectful they were of Devin Haney as the as the fight concluded and uh, so that's those are pluses those are pluses for 
for the fan base, the boxing fan base, and for the sport of boxing in its entirety. So again, congratulations, Devin Haney. Very, very impressive win. I can't wait to see him back in the ring, uh, and I can't wait to see who's going to step across that ring from him. You know it's going to be a big name. Let's just see, wait and see as to who that name will be. Uh, I leave you guys with that. Uh, very impressive performance by, by Devin Haney again. I, I was really, really uh, in awe watching him perform and the fluidity in which he's able to to inflict damage and affect his attack and mitigate the opponent's um, stra- strategic uh, plans and uh, and attacks. So very, very impressed with Devin Haney, how composed his corner was. Bill Haney, how composed he was throughout the fight. Even when he when they saw the cut, they stayed on par, they stayed on plan, and there was no shaking them. They very, very, uh, very calculated, very measured, and uh, very composed, and they perform in, in that manner and carry themselves in that manner. Lightweight division, your undisputed king, sits atop the throne tonight once again, retains those titles, and is coming back to America uh, with... Every single one of those belts intact and ready to defend them against the next up and coming uh, opponent, uh, the next big name out there. So I'll leave you guys with that on a late night episode of the Tomatolito Boxing Show. Thank you guys again. Don't forget to check me out on Twitter. Don't forget to check out the Instagram page. The show's Instagram page is where all the content is at. Don't forget to engage with me uh, on the uh, Instagram page. Reach out to me. Feel free to leave comments and I'll make sure I read them all, uh, which I accustom- it, it's customary for me to do so. And, uh, and I reply fairly quickly. So check out the page and thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys for all the continued love and support and, uh, and continue to spread the word about the show because the little bit that the show continues to grow each and every week is all due to you and because of you. And I owe that to you. So thank you guys again. Have yourselves a great night and a great rest of your weekend, uh, whatever you may find yourselves in the world. And, uh, and thank you for tuning in. Take care. Salute.